Today is Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. God gave the Holy Spirit to people through tongues of fire and a rushing wind. The Holy Spirit equipped followers of Jesus to speak in different earthly languages. These Jesus followers, they woke up speaking Aramaic and Hebrew and Greek. And then with the power of the Holy Spirit, they were suddenly empowered and enabled to speak in other diverse earthly languages, languages that they didn't know that morning, languages that perhaps they'd never even heard. This new fluency allowed them to go out into the city of Jerusalem and to talk to people who spoke these different languages. And what did they talk about? They shared the good news of Jesus Christ. Peter was one of those Jesus followers who went out and spoke to the people. He told them about Jesus and some 3,000 people heard and decided to be baptized that day. We celebrate the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. We wear red because the color reminds us of the tongues of fire. We hang a beautiful Pentecost docile in the sanctuary to signify the Spirit coming down upon us. We celebrate the diversity of different languages. We give thanks to the Spirit for speaking to us and through us. I'm coming to you outside today uh, where perhaps we can see and hear the wind and we can see fire and smoke as a reminder of the Holy Spirit's power and presence with us on Pentecost. And today we say, come Holy Spirit, come. Well, the Acts 2 passage that we heard earlier in the service is one of the more famous Holy Spirit passages in the Bible. It's not the first time that the Holy Spirit shows up. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, it says that God's spirit, God's wind hovered over the waters at creation. The spirit is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our God. And the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. The Holy Spirit's wind blew as creation came into being. In Exodus 3, we hear about a man named Moses who was out tending his flocks for his father-in-law. And he came upon a burning bush, but yet the bush was not being consumed by the flames. When Moses comes closer to investigate this curious sight, God speaks to Moses out of the flames. Moses, Moses, God calls him by name. God uses this burning bush to call Moses to rise up and to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. God was present. God's speech was present in the flames. These are just two examples where the Holy Spirit was present in creation and involved with people in the Old Testament, particularly through wind and fire, just like at Pentecost. But I wanna share with you another story about the Holy Spirit's presence and power. And this comes to us from the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, chapter 11. Moses and, and the people, uh, they've left Egypt and they're wandering in the desert at this point. The people, they're stuck in this weird, uncomfortable in-between place called the wilderness. They cannot go back to Egypt and the way things used to be. And they don't know when they're gonna reach the promised land, what the land will look like, or even what life will look like in the promised land. They're in this not yet time. 
And the people, they're tired. They're tired of this weird wilderness life. They complain to Moses about the lack of meat. They're tired of eating manna. They wish they could go back to Egypt, back to slavery even, because there at least they had a variety of foods to eat. They wish they could go anywhere other than their tent camp in the desert. But this is not the first time that the people have complained. They've complained often. And at this point, Moses has been leading the people for a number of years, and perhaps he's tired. Perhaps he's had enough. Moses cries out to God, God, why am I burdened to lead these people? I can't bear these people on my own. They're too heavy for me. God hears Moses' cry and offers Moses a solution. God tells Moses, gather together 70 elders from among the people and place these elders around the meeting tent where the people gather uh, to make, the place, make their sacrifices to God, the place where God goes um, and, and meets with Moses, where Moses goes to that meeting tent and, and talks to God. Well, so Moses does that. He gathers the elders and he spaces them out around the meeting tent. God descends in a cloud, speaks to Moses, takes some of God's spirit that's upon Moses and rests that spirit on the elders gathered around the tent. And these elders, they begin to prophesy and to speak God's message aloud. Even though Moses has the spirit of God upon him, he finds himself worn out and weary from leading the people. Moses cries out to God for help. God hears Moses and raises up other inspirited leaders to assist him. God's spirit comforts Moses by adding more people to share the load of speaking on behalf of God. I wonder in this passage, I wonder if asking for help creates space for the spirit to work in us. What if admitting that the load that we are carrying is too heavy for us to bear, much less bear alone? What if admitting that we need help enables the spirit to work in our lives? That admitting that we need help and asking for help creates space for the spirit to work in us. What if admitting and asking for help creates space to enable the spirit to work through other people in our lives? What if we do not receive comfort or help if we do not ask? What if we do not accept the assistance when it is offered to us? God helps Moses by taking some of God's spirit that's upon Moses and rests it on the other elders. And this does not mean that Moses has less of God's spirit. No, in God's kingdom, there's always enough. Just like Jesus fed the multitudes with bread and fish, God's spirit multiplies and stretches to cover all 70 of the elders gathered at the meeting tent, as well as two other elders that are back in the camp. God's spirit is never scarce. God's spirit is expansive and inclusive. God's spirit cannot be contained to just one location. When God's spirit rests on the elders, the elders are then able to speak on behalf of God. We're told that they begin to prophesy. They become conduits of God's message to the people. Perhaps they speak of God's desire for the people. 
Perhaps their speech calls for the people to return to love of God with their whole hearts and their whole beings and their whole strength. Perhaps their inspired speech calls out some of the selfishness and self-centeredness of the people. Perhaps their speech names some of the evils that threaten to tear their community apart. Perhaps their speech calls um, for people to change their hearts and their lives. God's spirit even reaches to rest upon two elders who stayed behind in the camp. And we don't know why they chose to stay behind. Perhaps uh, they drew the short straw and uh, they were the two that were uh, told to stay behind and to make sure that the people still had leadership of some sort. Um, perhaps they stood, stayed behind because they resisted. They resisted the call uh, to help Moses lead the people. Maybe they said, no, we can't do that. Anyway, for whatever reason, they're back in the camp and God's spirit reaches them in the camp. If the people that God only spoke to Moses or to the, if the people thought that God only spoke to Moses at the meeting tent, this here shows that that's wrong. God can speak to people anywhere at any time at the meeting tent, but also in the middle of camp, no matter where they may be at any time, any place. God can speak to them. God's spirit can rest upon them. Like the elders at the, at the meeting tent, these elders in the camp, they began to prophesy and to speak out on God's behalf. And I wonder if perhaps while they're in the midst of the people that they're called to lead and to care for, perhaps their, their inspired speech advocates for the wholeness of all people that are living in their community. Well, a young man, from the camp he hears that these two elders are prophesying and so he runs to the meeting tent to tell Moses uh, that hey there's two elders that have been uh, left behind or stayed back in the camp and they're prophesying too and Joshua Moses's assistant who will later go on to lead the people after Moses um, Joshua hears this and he requests Moses he's like Moses you got to tell those other elders to stop it's not right they're not at the meeting tent. They're not with you. They're back at the camp. They're kind of doing their own thing. They need to stop. Moses interrupts Joshua and he says, there's no need to be jealous or upset. Moses says, if only all the Lord's people were prophets with the Lord placing his spirit on them. If only all the people were prophets with God's spirit upon them. Moses gets the big picture here. Moses understands that what is most important is what God is doing among them, not their human rules or their uh, rituals. Moses understands that God is the source of God's spirit and, God's, and, and the prophecy. God's spirit is coming upon the elders as a divine gift that cannot be tamed or controlled. And Moses only wishes that there were more messengers for God among the people that there were more messengers employed for God's purposes in the community. Moses understands that we need more of God's spirit and more of God's spirited speech in this world, not less of it. That same spirit that came upon Moses and the elders enabling them to speak on behalf of God, it's the same spirit that came upon the Jesus followers, enabling them to speak in different languages, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all sorts of people, speaking all sorts of languages. That same spirit 
It speaks to you and to me today. That same spirit speaks to us. That same spirit speaks to us in dramatic fashion, perhaps in wind and fire, but also speaks to us in stillness, in silence, and in still small voices. Spirit speaks to us through music and prayer, service and silence. Spirit speaks to us when we ask for help. Spirit comforts us and advocates for us. And the Spirit speaks to us in our current reality. I wonder if we look around the world at what's happening around us, if perhaps we can see these events and, and discern how the Spirit may be speaking to us through these events. As it stands now, over 100,000 people in the United States have died because of COVID-19. And hundreds of thousands of more people have died throughout the world. And each one of these numbers, it's a life. It's a person, a person made in the image of God and dearly loved by God. A life that's precious to God. What is the Spirit speaking to us through these statistics? And how are we to respond to the Spirit's speech? Within the last few weeks, we've heard the names of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. Ahmaud Arbery was murdered back in February, and it took months for his killers to be arrested. Even though there was video evidence of the murder and this evidence had been turned over to authorities. Brianna Taylor uh, was shot and killed by police officers who barged into her home looking for someone else, not even looking for her, looking for somebody else. And they thought that they, that person might have been there, only to find out that that person was detained elsewhere. George Floyd. He was met with physical force that crushed the life out of him. What do these people, what do these names have in common? Well, the color of their skin for one. Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. All of these people are lives that are precious to God. People made in the image of God and dearly loved by God. What is the Spirit speaking to us in these names? What could the Spirit be speaking to us through the countless people of color who do not end up, who do not end up in the news, but still to this day experience racism, hatred, injury, and even death? because of the color of their skin. The same spirit speaks to us and then through us, if we make ourselves available. For those Jesus followers, they were in the room. For those elders at the meeting tent and at the camp, um, they were elders. They had kind of been called and, and gathered for that purpose. But you and I um, 
God's spirit is for all of us. It's available to all of us. It includes all of us. It's a gift for all of us. If we're open to receive it, if we're available to the spirit's work in our lives, The same spirit can speak through us if we are open to spirit speech. Spirit speaks through us when we share our faith through our words and our conversations with others. The spirit speaks through us when we invite people to watch a worship service with us. Perhaps when we, maybe if we invite them over to our house or we even, you know, say, hey, we'll create a watch party and we'll watch it together or maybe afterwards, I'll, I'm going to email this link to somebody because I feel like they need to hear this message today. The Spirit speaks when we seek to do good and to do no harm to others with our actions. The Spirit speaks when we prioritize the health and well-being of others over our own personal wants and preferences. The Spirit speaks when we work for the common good rather than our own self-interest. The Spirit speaks when we say the names of people who have been murdered and we risk hard conversations for the sake of racial justice. The Spirit speaks when we ask questions and wonder why people of color experience systemic injustice here in 2020. Writer, speaker, and racial justice advocate Austin Channing Brown offers these critical questions for people to consider. Why do we put equal or greater emphasis on looting than on the murder of a person? Why is this country so clear that looting is wrong, but it's unclear about what should happen when a police officer takes another person's life? How would our justice system have to change so that police murders are rare and looting therefore is virtually non-existent? How would changes to our justice system benefit not only those who have been oppressed, but actually do good for police officers? The Spirit speaks when we take time to reflect ask questions and to consider experiences that are outside of our own. The Spirit speaks when we befriend people who are different than us and we seek to learn from their stories, even when it's different from ours. The Spirit speaks when we quiet ourselves to listen. Friends, the same Spirit came upon the elders in the wilderness, it's present with us today. The same spirit that came upon the Jesus followers on that first Pentecost, that same spirit is present with us today. That same spirit is still speaking. Will we join our voices with that spirit? Will we engage in spirit speech? Come, Holy Spirit, come.